how he made the transition from Olympic soccer player to furniture salesman, how to stay patient, what it takes to truly be successful, how he goes about identifying his next goal, how he's able to navigate his health and his career while having a seven-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 15-year-old, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 475 with founder of Covey Holdings and executive vice president at Revolution Mortgage, Brian Covey. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Now, look, if you're serious about wanting to change the way that you look, change the way that you feel, and be more motiva- motivated and confident, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call, and you can request a one-on-one free strategy call with me. I would love to hop on a call with you, talk about your dreams, your goals, how you want to look, how you want to feel, what's currently holding you back, and then we're going to start to develop a plan on how you can completely change your life in the right direction and completely change your body and shed the body fat and build muscle. If you're interested, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call. Y'all, today's show is money. I am pumped to introduce you to Brian Covey. Brian lives here in Nashville and is an executive vice president at Revolution Mortgage, a fitness fanatic, and a father of three kids. You're going to learn a lot about how to make transitions in life go smoothly, about how to break out of plateaus, and how we can integrate multiple areas of our life and our schedule, and a lot more. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Brian Covey. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super stoked to be joined by the one and only Brian Covey. Uh, Brian, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for joining me today. Nick, thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Can't wait to jam with you and add some value into people's lives today. I love it. I love it, no doubt about it. Um, Well, I will have already had uh, introduced you and everything, so I kind of want to jump right into it. You know, one of the things that I'm fascinated most about you and your life is back when you had kind of, you played soccer all your life, you played professionally, you were with the national team and such. And then in the mid 2000s is when you stopped playing soccer and you were no longer on the team. And I think I find with so many of us, we get really worked up and we form our identity based off of the things that we do and not necessarily just solely who we are. And oftentimes when a big part of who we are, especially when we've been doing it our entire lives, it becomes very difficult to make that next transition. So I want you to talk about what it was like coming out of your soccer days and how you made a, a new transition and, and how all that went down? Well, that's a cool question too. Uh, well, probably like most, you have an identity crisis. Like, let's be real. Like yeah. when you, all you do for like every night, and I'll give you a picture of like growing up, I would train. And when I wasn't training, I was usually watching a game or going to my older brother's games. or I was going and training with the local college or, you know, all these different teams. I was playing on multiple teams growing up. And you're right. Yeah. When I decided to go into more of like a job, right. And, and people really wouldn't hire me. It's like, well, who am I? Cause people aren't hiring me because of my soccer skills to go do a finance job or anything else. And it really was an identity crisis. And I tell people that was almost that moment of time of like, well, who am I? What do I bring into the, the world? And I'll tell you something I still do this day is I found one of my friend's dads. He was a senior executive bond trader and all this stuff at one of the local banks. And I was like, Hey, can you help me? Mike, can you help me? Like, I need a resume. I need all this. People are asking me all these questions. I don't even know how to interview, right? Like I'm literally 
fresh off a soccer field. Mm-hmm. And so I will say what helped me get through it looking back now is knowing who I am. And one of those things I've realized even this day as a parent, as a husband and all that is I tend to lean into challenges. As a soccer player, you go in and attack the ball. You want to win the ball back. And that has proven really successful for me in life and business decisions of not being afraid of getting on the field and then taking on challenges. So I had to shift my identity from competitive soccer player to how do I compete in the business world? How do I show up and win here? And what does that look like? And so for anybody listening, what I would tell you, what, what I would take out of that is find what you're passionate about that you enjoy, whether it was sports or maybe you did something else that you volunteered. And if you can parlay that into something that they'll actually pay you for, that's really cool. That's, that's where you yeah. have some fun. Yeah, I think a, f- a few things you said there, what you just finished with, I think that oftentimes we don't intentionally acknowledge how what we learned and our experience in the past is actually going to serve us in the future. And if we can intentionally acknowledge that and realize that it can provide us with the confidence to be able to step into the next thing. Like if you can intentionally acknowledge when you're stepping out of the soccer days and be like, you know what, I've done tough things in the past. I've willingly stepped into challenges in the past. I can do that again here moving forward, even though it's a different area of my life. And then the other thing that you said was how you asked somebody for help and you asked for guidance. I think oftentimes we can be a little bit we think that uh, we don't want to ask for help and, and we're scared to ask for help because we think that person's going to look down on us, but asking for help is is absolutely critical. So for you and in, in your level of knowledge of what you wanted to do next, did you know you wanted to go something more specific in finance? Did you know something in business? What level of specificity and clarity did you have when you made that jump? No, none. Uh, let's be real. <laughs> I saw people that dressed nice. Like I was like, you know, I had sold retail uh, men's clothing in high schools, like part-time job, like you know, when I got injured or something and needed to kind of bid my time and stuff. And then when I realized when I was coming out to get a job, I was like, well, I did enjoy business, marketing, accounting, finance. Um, some of those classes, those were the ones I was interested in more than let's say history or science or some others. So I'm like, well, cool. Like, what does somebody do that likes money, accounting, finance, marketing, all these things? Like I can go work at a bank. They dress nice. They seem to drive nice cars. I knew some people in that space. And so I did gravitate towards people that I felt like I was, I was somewhat like, and I'll tell you, look, I I mean, I started working in a consumer finance strip center. And so when you think about when you finance furniture, you see, hear the commercials are like, you know, no payments, no interest for five years. Um, Yeah, that was me working next to a Chinese buffet. And then the other kind of down the road from us in the strip center was like a pizza buffet, like not healthy world. And you're dialing for dollars all day, like making cold calls, you're calling people and and you're trying to get them to consolidate debts and take out more debt. Like it's just, that's where I started, but I learned fundamentals. So what I would encourage anybody, what I learned from that, that has really served me well later is I learned the fundamentals and what I do today, which is mortgage, real estate and investing is I learned credit income and assets exceptionally well. I Mm -hmm. also learned people skills and sales skills, not selling somebody on what they didn't need, but like truly building rapport. How do you uncover needs? How do you present a solution in a way that they're going to actually convert and and take what you're offering? And then also to repeat business, right? Like you got to think about this. And so learn the skills, all those skills today. I could go out today, I believe, take those sales skills and those people skills, the soft skills, and, and I could go present another product or service because of that foundation. But credit income asset, man, it doesn't matter if you're in finance or not. That has helped me make decisions and my wife for you know now being married 20 years. Is you've got to understand these things and how the game works. 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, during that time when you were uh, selling for, or financing furniture next to the Chinese buffet and everything, you know, some people, I think when they're doing the first job in their career, or if you will, or, or the low end of the totem pole, and they're they're kind of going through the grind, if, if you will, I think sometimes people consciously know that, hey, I'm, I'm building the foundation, I'm building the skills that I need to be able to, to move me up. I think some people, however, on the, on the flip side of things, just think like, oh, this sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get out of this. This, this really, uh, this really sucks. And I need to find something else. And I think there's kind of this competing thing where, you know, we want to find what we're passionate about. We want to find what we love, what we love. But oftentimes when we start off in that arena, we're not necessarily going to love everything that we do. So talk to us about how, what is the mindset that allows us to continue to maybe do things that aren't glamorous now because we know it's actually benefiting us moving forward? Yeah, that's so spot on too. And I'll tell you this, is as I've looked, most people avoid doing hard things, right? Like if we start to do something that's new, let's be real, none of us are good at it. Like I remember when I started doing video, I started doing podcasts and I started to write my first book and all this. Like Nick, none of that stuff made sense to me. I was, I was not good at it. I look back at some of it. I'm like, man, I just kind of fumbled my way through it. It's very much like sports. Anybody that's listening, it's played a sport. I remember early on, I'm working with our seven-year-old too. He's not great with both feet yet, right? He's learning skills. He's learning those things. So find joy in what you're doing, but more joy will come as the better you get. Just be real. The better you get at your craft, the more enjoyment you will have. And so too many of us, and I've been in that cycle, of you want to be there right away. Like you want to be there next week. and You don't see the hard work. You know, I used to have this belief and it really limited me was I would see people that were more successful than me. And I just thought they got lucky. I thought they caught some big break. Uh, maybe they were gifted differently than me. The reality is the more time I've spent real time with successful people, they've just worked harder and longer and more consistent in the same path. Mm-hmm. And then they got great at it. From there, they were able to take that and those skills and then they start to diversify out. So, right, like we hear all this about, you know, seven streams of income and all these things. Mm-hmm. Look, look, what we've learned, and I think Ed Milet shared this, is the people that great, they get great, like absolutely freaking great at that one thing, then you can go do these other things. And so what I would say as you, as you go through is the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have, right? Mm-hmm. And I shared this story this weekend. I had somebody asking about CrossFit, right? I started 10 years ago. I remember I couldn't do toes to bar. I couldn't really squat well. I couldn't do handstand push-up. There's all, I go on. There's probably 80% of the stuff I couldn't do that I can do today. Now, it wasn't 10 years, but I can still see a path of progression. So fall in love with the process and the journey. We hear that. What that means for me is I show up each day and I'll tackle things that are hard. I just show up and engage in the conversation. Because the reality is nobody remembers what I screwed up on two years ago. They really don't care. They're so consumed with themselves. Get in the game, start to make those mistakes, start to learn and really see yourself. Where do I want to be in a year from now? Where do I want to be? What am I doing? Am I better here? Am I better there? And get very specific and have clarity of what that vision looks like. That's the key to success. And you just start stacking wins and stacking years. Yeah, that's so great. I think one of the key things that you said, Brian, was successful. The more you spent real time with successful people, they just work harder, longer, more consistent in the same path. And I know for me personally, that's a huge thing that I need to like hammer into my brain on a day-to-day basis because 
kind of with an entrepreneurial spirit, I get shiny object syndrome when I'm like, ooh, let's go do that. Ooh, let's go do that. Ooh, let's go do that. And I'm like, no, Nick, stay focused. Be more con- like stay consistent on this path. And then at some point, you know, you can diversify, but you got to stay on this path uh, a little bit more intentionally first. Um, now, one of the thing, one of the things that you talked um, so well about, you know, is the importance of staying on it a long time because you will see progressions. Now, I think it's really interesting to figure out how people react to taking a progression because I'm I'm in I'm in a, in fitness and everybody will work really hard and they'll see results and then they'll maybe plateau and some people will try to take it to a next level some people will stay at that plateau for both career standpoint and maybe just other areas of your life as well when you felt yourself progress what is what are some things that you do to intentionally try to seek out what's the next thing that I can do to get to the next level Ooh, man I love this one so I wish I'd known this earlier in my career I had a coach come into my life about five years ago and we started to implement these 90-day sprints. And so it'll be a goal. Like I'll give you an example of last summer. I kind of felt myself in that. Like fitness was good. You know, life's good. All these things are going well. And I just felt that urge. Like we all have it. I needed a challenge. Like I just needed something, right? So my daughter was talking about, hey, before your birthday in August, dad, like I was like, how many miles do you think I could run? We're like, oh, 50. I don't know, maybe 100 or whatever. Mind you, I am not a runner anymore. Like I did all that in soccer. I left it behind. I like to lift weights. I like to ride the rower, salt bike. Like I don't really want to get out and run. So I knew that would be something hard for me. So there's a challenge there, something I didn't want to do. And I said, well, why don't we try to do hundred miles in two months? Sure enough, I do 125 miles, right? Like I crushed the goal because I had a defined goal. I've stuck with it. This year, I will say I'm actually doing 500 miles as my challenge, 10 miles a week, two miles or two weeks that I get to take off basically. Um, that it works, you need a challenge. And so as I started this year, I'll give you another example. And again, I like fitness because it's measurable. It seems to carry over. It anchors me. It goes into other worlds. Since it's, it's your audience, probably in your space, we're doing an eight-week challenge and it's 100% based on body fat. We all weighed in. We all got measured on the end body. And we're doing body fat reduction, right? And so it gave me a goal to go, okay, it's not just my workouts. I knew I need to dial in my food because between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was loose all over the place. Like I was just doing what I wanted to do, enjoying life, find challenges. It might be for you. Hey, I'm going to read five pages of a book for the next eight weeks. I'm going to read a book in the next week, whatever it is. I'm going to listen to one podcast a week, whatever that is. It needs to be measurable. It needs to have a time domain within it. And then watch how that will accelerate your results. For me, that has always been the kick in the butt that I needed to go, okay, here's a challenge. And I like to compete. So I, if it's out there, it's game on. That's yeah, what's yeah. worked for me. Those, those little 90-day sprints or even this eight-week is going to be pretty challenging. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, it's funny, one of the things that I do is I kind of break uh, each year uh, up into quarters and each quarter, each three months, each 90 days, I select, okay, what what's my new goal? What's the area of my life that I'm going to set a goal in this time? And I always talk about how getting closer to the best version of yourself is kind of a dual approach of, Let's gain clarity on where we want to go, right? Like you've talked about, let's gain a vision of where we're trying to go. But then it's about implementation. Then it's about like coming up with the strategy and, and implementation. But the clarity part is something that I find very fascinating, trying to figure out what is the right vision for us. Because I think oftentimes it's easier said than done. And I think a lot, a lot of people will sometimes set goals just because it's what somebody else is doing or just because that's what they see somebody else doing. And so... My question to you is when when you go about 
setting the next goal, whether it's fitness or a different area of your life, how do you go about figuring out what the right goal is for you at this season of your life? Mm. That's a great one. So I'll use the running ones and then the body fat piece. I do the thing that typically is the hardest that I'm most aware of. Like, let's be real. I'll just cut through some of the noise and the BS. We know what the one thing is that we really want to achieve selfishly, that if, if nobody was around, we'd say, man, that's really what I want. Mm-hmm. So for me last year, I wanted to conquer to myself and say, you know what, at my age, I can still run. I can still do that. This year, I said, you know what, I did that, but what if I could do more? And then I thought about, well, well, body fat, like I want to look good going into the spring and the summer and those kind of things. Like, And I want to clean up my diet because I'm at the point in my age now where I go, I mean, it's not just about what I eat. It's the substance and the quality of the foods, like what that does to my body, not just how I look like the quality of how my blood and how everything is kind of funneling through. And so I would find those things that you have that urge that that really are pulling you forward. And you're like, man, that's what I would love to do. And it could be in business. It could be in fitness. It could be in your faith. It could be any area like that where you say, man, I'd love to be able to do that. I typically find inspiration from mentors or people that I look up to, right? And I see what they're doing at that level and I don't want what they have because that gets into this comparison game. But I look and right. go, man, they have such a beautiful family life, right? Like being a dad of three and married 20 years ago. Man, isn't that cool that they get to take family vacations over there? Well, that might become a goal of mine to say, what would it take for me to be at a vacation more? And my wife and I decided that this year. What, 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 would, what would it take? What would be required for me to do that? Well, money, set aside the time, actually slow down to book the trips and then go, right? Like you just start to map out, like you said, and you start to map out the implementation of it. But when you feel that urge, don't negate it. Too many times we have these urges in our life and something that's exciting and we just go, nah, it's either too hard or it's just not worth it or whatever. And I just, I just put the challenge out there for myself and I typically will tell people about it. That has been something for me. Like my wife would say, why'd you tell people about your 500 mile challenge? You know what? Because I have had at least 10 people reach out to me in the first two weeks. Man, how's the running going? Man, how's it going? Hey, have you tried these running shoes? Hey, I'm doing this race. Do you want to come do this race with me? There is something about that accountability in the people around you that know, hey, Nick, you're on that journey. Let me help you. Ryan, you're going to do this. And so I've learned a lot about myself. In a way, it's almost asking for help. Like, man, this is going to be hard, guys. Uh, Hope you can support me through it, right? Yeah. Um, you're speaking my language, everybody listening. I, I just started a, a fitness goal myself and same thing. I communicated to everybody. I think there's a few different reasons. You know, one, like you said, it's so crazy how there will be people who just reach out to you. Hey, have you tried this? Or I've, I've done something similar before. Let me give you a little advice or listen to this podcast or, or read this book. And if we communicate our goals to other people, I'm not saying that's necessarily for everybody, but if you can approach it the right way and you have the right mindset about it, people will come and, and, and encourage you and hold you accountable and provide you with assistance as well. And then a couple of the other things I want to acknowledge is I think so many of us do have that urge. We, we know we have some level of frustration in a certain area of our life and we're like, oh, we just want to make that better. But I think a lot of people, a lot of times we can have the sense that maybe the bad habits that we have in that area of our life, it's not really affecting us that much. So we'll just kind of like push it away, but like, don't push it away. It's just going to build and build and build. So listen to the urge. Like Brian said, that's, that's so, so good. Um, I, I kind of want to transition a little bit into a kind of not a different topic, but so many of my listeners are people who are just so busy, like most people, but they're busy people, they're go-getters. And some of the people are 
really want to be healthy, but they feel like they don't have time for health and fitness, or they have a few kids and they're running around all day and they just forgot to eat. And so their health is kind of falling to the wayside. Talk to me as a father, as a businessman, as somebody who really prioritizes health and fitness. What are some, maybe like the mindset of prioritization, but also like the practical of prioritization around kind of getting it all done? We'll be back to the interview in just a second, but first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-week transformation. At Best You, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before, they've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. I have completed Nick's transformation program twice, and I'm gearing up to start my third. I have seen more and more progress every time I complete the program, and not all of it is just physical. Uh, The workouts are really fun. We do new stuff every time you walk into the gym, and I've been involved in group fitness classes my entire life, and the amount of energy that Nick brings is completely like unparalleled. It's so much fun. I love it. So if you're thinking about doing it, you should. You'll be glad you did. Oh, man, I love it. We'll start the 30,000-foot view of your mindset's going to determine really your actions, and then that's going to determine your habits, right? And so I start with people, I say, your mindset's really your beliefs. Like, what do you believe? If you believe working out and eating healthy is going to help you achieve your goals, you're more likely to do it. Many of us, and I've been there, we doubt. We're like, man, if I work out, yeah, I can just skip a day, or I can skip a few days, or I can eat these meals. And we have these limiting beliefs around the discipline that it takes to get there is actually the recipe to success, right? So not eating that one meal that you know is not on your plan, not skipping that workout and just going and doing 15 or 20 minutes of something, right? Versus nothing, the small wins will start to stack. And I would invite you to consider every time you make that choice, you are voting for the best version of yourself. And don't ignore You making that one decision of, hey, I'm not going to eat that brownie. Hey, I'm not going to drink that beer. Hey, I'm going to go do that walk when I said I didn't have time for it. I'm going to go find a way to do it. And so I think let's start with that. Your beliefs and your mindset are then going to determine your actions. And that, that ultimately becomes your habits and who you are. When I made the shift, the biggest shift for me was who I am is more important than what I do. And so I'll differentiate this for you is who I am is somebody that's healthy. I show up and I choose to work out. I'm somebody that when I travel, I make time to work out. I'm somebody that chooses to eat healthy. That's my identity now. Like I own that. People will say that about me when I go out. They're like, even this weekend, when I go out with people, they're like, yeah, they just know I'm not going to drink a beer because they know I'm on the eight-week challenge. One, Mm. and two, I don't drink a lot. So it's one of those where they go, that's my identity. So for me to do anything out of character of that, to go drink a bunch of beers or have a bunch of desserts or like, not to work out for a week, like that is not who I am. That's not my identity anymore. Could you imagine if like you started walking around and you tried to create this whole other identity, you're speaking another language or you're just doing things out of character. They're like, Nick, like that's not you. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Are, Are you in alignment with your identity? Now here's the how. Here's what I learned. I started to adopt this term called integration. So I'll kind of break it down what that actually looks like because 
for many of us, we've been sold this lie and this dream of this work-life balance. And I would invite you to consider on this one too. Balance doesn't always, if you look up the definition, doesn't always mean equal parts. Balance could just mean they're in the right percentage of each other. Okay, so think about that versus balance is not 50-50 of I go work 50% of the day, I'm at home 50% of the day. That, that is not true balance. Balance are things that just weigh each other out and one might be more important than the other in that moment and in that season. So here's how you integrate. We built a home gym. Look, for everybody out there, I know that may not be what you can do, but you can buy a few pieces of equipment, some dumbbells, some kettlebells, something very basic. Doesn't take you a lot of money. A few hundred bucks, you have something you can do at your house. What I started to do is we've got a seven-year-old, 14-year-old, and 15-year-old. We started to do workouts here. During COVID, it was phenomenal because we had gyms were closed. Well, imagine if you could spend time with your kids and you're working out with them. So you get quality time. You're getting to help teach them how fitness is important. You're going to have conversation with them about their day and all that. To me, that's integration. I could have spent 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. And I got all of those things together versus I went and did my workout. Now I'm coming back trying to spend time with my kids. Now I'm trying to do these other, like, you see how much longer that would have been? So we've got to eliminate the excuse of we don't have time. I'll give you another great example. For those of you, my oldest, when she goes to soccer practice, if I take her, I still take her out there. Maybe during that, if I haven't done my workout or haven't listened to a podcast, maybe I just walk or jog around the field or somewhere there, walking lunges, squats, all that stuff, kick a ball around. I've taken our youngest out to practice. These are real examples, guys, real yeah. things that I do just so I can show you how it works in the real world of there, there's not an excuse. You just have to commit and go do it. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you this week, full transparency. We're traveling in Sarasota. My daughter has an eight o'clock game. I know I'm going to have to get up much earlier than I want to get up. And I set my alarm and I battled for 20 minutes, embarrassing enough, battling with myself of, well, you know, maybe I'll do it later or, um, yeah, well, maybe I can just go down to the gym and do this. I'm literally talking to myself. And I look down, I'm like, 20 minutes I just wasted. So if you can start to shorten that distance, what I'll learn is how you can measure your maturity in this area is the mm-hmm. distance between you know you need to do something and when you actually do it. That's so good. That's I, fell good. Out of, I fell out of alignment. When you can get that down to like less than five minutes, I would tell you you're, you're kind of mastering the feelings and you're moving into action. I'll leave you this one piece with it. One of my coaches and mentors shares this all the time. You have to choose your standards over your feelings. And I repeat that sometimes. Brian, what's your standard? My standard is I'm going to work out and be healthy. My feelings are saying I'm tired. I don't want to go do it. This is going to be hard. Who's going to win? Yeah. And I think one of the things to acknowledge about that last part too is it's not... You're not a lazy person because you're feeling like you don't want to do it. So like feelings are not necessarily something that are wrong or or not good. They just are and you have to find a way to get over them. I think I, I find that so many people are just, we say we have the feeling and we let our actions come from our feelings rather than our standards. And I, I think that's so critical. What other, let, let's stay on there just for another second with, with the standards part. Talk to us a little bit more about kind of what that looks like practically. Like, What are other standards that we can have that help us to overcome maybe the feelings that we're having? Oh, I love it. So I'll give you the quote and I'll kind of lean into some of those. And the quote goes like this and it kind of aligns up is, you can act your way into a better way of feeling faster than you can feel your way into a better way of acting. 
So mm. basically what it's saying is you can act your way in a better way of feeling faster than you can feel your way in a better way of acting. And what that means is, look, if you go take action, like right now I know I need to go do something. Well, I need to go do it. If I need to go make a phone call to someone that I know is going to be a difficult conversation, the sooner I pick up the phone and just dial the number and hit go. Sometimes you just got to take the action, right? And then you're going to be able to line up your feelings. Don't let your feelings get so far out of whack that you're just waiting for this moment that we all think, well, there's going to be a perfect moment. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'll tell you with my standards, what I've been able to do and incorporate I'll just use food for an example, because a lot of people this time of year, I think it's relevant. I'm going through that right now myself, is I signed up for a subscription, basically like a meal delivery, right? And so some people, you may not be able to afford that, may not be in your budget. Here's what I found, by the way, side notes. When I started to realize how much junk food and how much money I was spending on other foods, I realized there's no way I can't afford it, okay? So just set that aside. I have food coming every Saturday and that sets my week up. So that's my standard for me is I'm going to eat healthy. Well, I want to make it simple. So even today, I'm in between calls. I've got all these things stacked up. I had 15 minutes and I have a beautiful meal. I, I eat a lot of paleo stuff. That's, that's my jam. And so I was able just to have healthy choices to eat to where if I'd been left to my own, it's like, well, do I go eat this? Do I order some food? Do I get DoorDash? Like, what? You have to eliminate distractions. I've done that with food. I've also done it, I'll tell you, like even with the clothes that I wear, like I had someone ask me this this weekend, you wear a lot of black shirts, you wear this and that. I said, yeah, I realized I was wasting time. When I used to have to wear a full suit and do all these things, I had all this time wasted. And so my standard then became, okay, if it's simple and I can just basically automate what I'm going to wear a lot of times, it just makes it yeah. simple. You know, and you, you hear about some of these multimillionaires and billionaires that they have the same clothes, right? And just kind of wear them through. That's been there. One I would encourage people to look at, when I started to look at waking up earlier as a standard for myself, I like to get up before the kids are up, before everybody's going, just to get my mind right for the day. Start, and the book I read, Atomic Habits, you can go look at it. You'll see is just start moving that back 10, 15 minutes at a time, right? So if you're waking up at seven today and you want to wake up at six, don't go seven to six. Go seven down to 6.45, 6.30, 6.15, down to six, and start to set standards, the same is true. I have this conversation a lot of, I have a standard of when I go to bed. And I'll just tell you guys, by 9.30 is my goal. Because I want to wake up on the other side and feel relieved and fresh and those things. So there are certain standards that I've committed to that I'm going to do. And it, it's just, it's how I'm wired and who I am. The tip I would give you is, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more it becomes your identity. And then the more you want to go do it. Because you know the results it produces. Like today, I know, like I'm going to work out later today because I know the results that it's going to provide. And so trust yourself in that process, but attack every day like it actually matters. Mm, that's so good. A number of different things, but you know, back when you said you the the meal prep and the the clothing and all that kind of stuff, like we talk a lot about on the show, setting yourself up for success. Don't set yourself up for failure by having no idea what you're going to eat and then you just finish a long meeting and it's one o'clock and you don't know what you're going to go get. Well, then no doubt you're going to order DoorDash, right? Like set yourself up for success so that when the feelings come, you already have standards in place that uh, that get you over there, get you over the hump and allow you to make 
really good decisions. And then like you just finished with, the more that you do them, the more it just becomes part of you and the more that it becomes a non-negotiable. It's like, oh, this is just me. This is just what I'm doing no matter what else happens. So that's just so good. Down to the last couple questions. This The second to last one is almost similar to the first one in the sense that it's a transition question. And I know that this last maybe a few weeks, three, four, five weeks ago, you just made a big career transition from being really high up in a company to 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 moving on to a different one. Talk to us a little bit, again, not obviously getting like personal into the companies or anything like that, but talk us through a little bit about the decision-making process when making this most recent big transition for yourself. And it was a big one. I didn't see it coming. Um, I had worked at an incredible company, one of the top seven lenders in the whole country, right? So huge company of if you kind of size and scale, I think at one point we're over 12,000 employees, right? Maybe over 5,000 today. And what I realized is in that model, that was starting to feel a little bit corporate for me, right? And so my voice wasn't heard as much, although I had some impact and some things that are there in the larger organizations. Some of you listening probably know you may feel like your voice isn't there. You're part of a team, but is your voice heard? I knew I wanted a seat at the table. I knew I could have massive impact on people's lives if I was part of some of those discussions. And I believe after 20 years, I've kind of, in a way, earned that seat of, and what I'm bringing to the table is going to impact people positively. And, and everyone's going to win that. So I'll just say, be open to opportunities when you don't expect them. That's the lesson, is it wasn't anything wrong with where I was or anything that's so much better where I am, although I am discovering it's great alignment with who I am as a person and where I want to go, the people I want to help, be open to like what God has in store for you down the road. They're like, I, was, I wasn't going anywhere, is what I told myself. And the next thing you know, things start to shift, things start to change. This is why it's so important for all of us to continue to work on our skills mm-hmm. and our mindset and to be ready. Because when an opportunity comes knocking, You've got to be ready. The Brian of five years ago wouldn't have been ready for this level, reporting to the CEO, wouldn't be ready to make the impact that I know they want me to make and I need to make as part of the team. And so that's the lesson really is be open to opportunities and always be preparing for that next opportunity that you don't even know what it'll look like. And that's working on your mindset and your skill set. Yeah. So good. So good. I, you know, we've talked about the importance of having a vision and, and identifying where you want to go, but that can't make you so, so, so stubborn to where if something else presents itself, you've got to be able to walk through that door if you feel like that's the right door to walk through. And then, like you said, always be ready for an opportunity. we got to make sure that we're not only preparing for an opportunity once we know it's going to come. We need to make sure we're always preparing, knowing that inevitably at some point there's going to be an opportunity that's going to come and I got to be able to seize it, whether that opportunity is tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, five years down the road, we've got to be ready. So always be working on yourself. That's so good. Uh, But Brian, before the last question, I just want to acknowledge you for leading the way in so many different and so many different facets of your life. I think for you to be able to make the transition seemingly, you know, from the outside looking in, it probably is more smoothly than it actually was, but from professional soccer, then into the business world, and for you to continue to challenge yourself to anytime you got to a certain level of progression, you wanted to continue to level up, and you used all the skills and the knowledge that you learned when you were financing couches next to a Chinese buffet, for you to be able to let that carry you all the way through, it's it's inspiring, I know, for me, and inspiring for so many others. Awesome. Thank you. 
that's that's the joy of it's why I share. It's why I started to get more comfortable in social and sharing. It's because I know my story probably aligns up and people go, man, that's me. I've been there. I've been there. I'm like, heck yeah, you've been there. We're all going to go through that stuff. Like, why not share it and help? Uh, I think it was Rory Vaden said, the person you're most equipped to serve is who you used to be, your former version of yourself. And so that's why I enjoy these conversations. You know, it's because I know there's going to be somebody out there that listen to this. They'll take a better action, a better choice, and maybe I can inspire or help them on their journey. Yeah, no doubt. Well, if you guys don't follow him already, make sure you go follow him on Instagram at the Brian Covey. Uh, Brian, where's other good places where people should be able to, to go follow you and check in with you? That is the best spot for right now. And it's got the link to my main website. You can go there and drop me a DM. I tell everybody, I check them all, right? I'm, I'm very active on there and engaging in comments and what people leave and in the DMs. And let me know if this has inspired you or anything I can do to support on your journey. Is I do check that. And I think that's that's a place to be social, right? That's what it's designed for. Not just to show off the highlight reel. I love it for engagement. Yeah, no doubt. Me too. Me too. Well, uh, last question here, Brian, is I believe that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, it's both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to that best version. And I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to my best self is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to your best self. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Brian Covey that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? So this year, my word, it's actually two words, is fiercely focused. And what that means to me this year is there's a standard of excellence that I've set in all the areas of my life, you know, faith, family, fitness, and finances. And I've got standards I've put in place. And this year, one of the things around my family that I'll say is probably going to be the one that drives it all is we're going to travel more. We're going to do more experiences. I look back on 2022, 2021, what are my kids and I, what do we all remember? The travel, the cool places we went, the experiences and all that. So that's where I'm going. I'm also learning through that fiercely focused what to say yes to and what to say no to. And I've struggled with that for many years of being somebody that's more of a, I'll gear towards or lean towards a people pleaser. Of a lot of times, I just want to say yes. I want to help people. And what I've realized this year and I'll give you a great example of, you know, last year I was doing a bunch of speaking events. This year, I'm not going to do very many at all. It doesn't align up with where I am and where I want to go, but there are other areas I'll double down in my investing and my consulting and things that I'm helping people there, building out our mortgage team, doing the travel with my family, working on my fitness side. Like I got very clear on what I want to do. And I'll tell you the last part that's probably the most important is it wasn't new, but I committed my business coach and I, we meet every Monday. And then I committed to a few in-person networking mastermind events because I know proximity for me has always been a breakthrough type activity. And so I even leave tomorrow and I'm going to Texas for an event. And then I've got an event out in California and I picked four that I could be around high level entrepreneurs that are on the same journey and I can learn, I can share and, and collaborate, right? That's what I want to do with them. So that's my focus and I've narrowed it down very simply. Anything that doesn't really fit into that I've already started saying no to a lot of things of, hey, guys, I'd love to be there, but I just can't do that. Or, hey, the time's not right for me to do that. And that is okay, guys. If you're working on yourself, you have clarity of you want to go, where you want to go, you're going to have to say no to some things to say yes to the right things. Yeah. Well, and the best part about clarity and vision and goals in general, I believe, is that, or one of the best things, is that it allows you to say no. You have a reason to say no. If you don't have a goal or you don't have a vision, if you didn't have these 
things that you wanted to do, then if somebody asked you to do these certain things, you wouldn't really have a great reason to say no. But now you have a strong reason uh, to say no and a, a strong why to back that up. But that was awesome today, Brian. You guys make sure you go follow him on Instagram at the D Brian Covey and check out his website. And uh, yeah, that's all we got. That was awesome, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Man, what a show with Brian. I thought that was jam-packed with so many great things. I mean, whether you're making a transition in your life, your career, or you're looking to pursue a fitness goal, or you're looking to become a better parent, or you're looking to navigate your health amidst being a busy parent, you got something here today that you can take and apply to your life. Remember, if you're serious about wanting more motivation and self-confidence and shedding body fat and building muscle amidst the chaos of your life with your kids, your job, your significant other, all that, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call and we can discuss how to make that happen. And so remember, your mindset determines your actions. Your actions determine your habits and your habits determine your outcomes. Having the mindset of purposely stepping into new challenges and looking forward to them is a massive shift. And one of the things that I really loved that he talked about was the word integration. He works out with his kids at home, which brings together his fitness and his family. He takes a run at his daughter's soccer practice that does the same thing. Think about what are some ways that you can integrate the different areas of your life at the same time simultaneously, not that it's distracting your focus, but that it's bringing things together and aligning your values. Because look, if you have standards for yourself, if you have the right mindset, and if you're willing to set intentional goals for yourself, That's what will continue to get you closer and closer to your best you.